I'm glad you found your way to the Your Vet Wants You to Know podcast for more information about how to care for your pet. The show is designed to be educational and entertaining, but not to give a specific diagnosis or treatment for your animal. That job belongs to your veterinarian who knows your pet and wants to talk to you about what's going on with them. I'm here to be a resource only. Thanks and enjoy the show. As a curious pet owner, have you ever taken to the internet for more information? Maybe you want to know why your pet is itchy and what you can do about it. Maybe you're frustrated about the ear infections. Maybe you're looking for ways to make veterinary care more affordable. Instead of wading through a sea of information that may not be reliable and in some cases may be harmful, here is what your vet wants you to know. I'm Dr. Brittany Lancelotti, board-certified veterinary dermatology specialist. Join me to get the information you're looking for to care for your pet. If you're curious about your pet, then your vet wants you to know. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Your Vet Wants You to Know. I am very excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking about something that is a little bit of a mystery to most pet owners, but I have someone who is here to help us break down that mystery. I would like to give a very warm welcome to Dr. Ashley Bourgeois. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. This is definitely one of my favorite topics. Great. So before we dive into cytology, can you talk a little bit about what your background is and give our listeners kind of an idea of where your experience lies? Absolutely. I went to vet school at the University of Missouri and graduated from there in 2010. I guess I should also give some recognition to my undergrad being at Iowa State University that led me into the ability to go to vet school. I did a small animal rotating internship at Purdue University and then my dermatology residency at a private practice animal dermatology clinic in Southern California, the Orange County area. So the pro is we know our skin and ears very well, but I like to tell my clients that that's where my knowledge kind of stops. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it's just nice to really be specialized in something and feel really confident in that, but also recognizing that general practitioners and, and other veterinarians have a vast knowledge of other things that we tend to forget. Yeah, absolutely. I am not scared of telling my pet owners, hey, I'm not quite as familiar as your family veterinarian might be. I think this is a conversation that's better had with them because, man, they are so knowledgeable on such a wide range of different things. And you and I are very highly focused on skin and ears and what's going on there. So I give them a lot of credit. Um, So in order to kind of put this in perspective for some of the pet owners who may be wondering, well, what is cytology? Can you tell Tell us about a pet that you may have treated where cytology was absolutely crucial in helping you figure out what was going on and how to treat that animal. Yeah, when I think about cytology, there's actually a case that I saw years ago when I was still practicing in California named Steeler. And the reason Steeler always sticks out in my mind is it was really early in my dermatology career. And he had been referred for a non-resolving bacterial infection that showed as crusting and some moist debris on his dorsal muzzle. So the top part of his muzzle right before his nostrils and nose would be. He had already been on several rounds of oral antibiotics 
it would slightly improve, but never fully improved. He was starting to get really uncomfortable and would rub and scratch his muzzle. But when I read his sample, what I noticed was there really wasn't any infection at all. There was no bacteria, no yeast, and those are really common organisms for us to see under the microscope. But he just had a ton of neutrophils, which is a type of white blood cell that can escape from the bloodstream and go to the skin if something inflammatory is going on. And then I saw these really large skin cells that looked suspicious for something we call acantholytic keratinocytes. And essentially what that tells me is that this is not a case of infection at all. In fact, it's a case that we needed to biopsy and that biopsy confirmed that Steeler had an autoimmune disease called pemphigus foliaceus. And after a couple of months of treating him with various immunosuppressive medications, he was completely in remission. So it's just a case that really stuck out in my head because he was given antibiotics with really no cytology done, and it absolutely could have been an infection based on the way it appeared, but it was an autoimmune disease, and that cytology allowed me to get on the right diagnostic path. That is a beautiful example of why cytology is such a powerful tool in helping us to guide our treatment plan to figure out how do we get this animal comfortable again? How do we address what's actually going on with them? Because you're right. I mean, infection can create crusting and so can this particular autoimmune disease. So by just looking at the animal, we can't exactly tell what's going on. Cytology is such a helpful tool. So you and I do cytology all day, every day, but for most pet owners, they might not know exactly what it is that we're talking about. Can you kind of describe what cytology is for our listeners? I like to explain cytology as a snapshot of the surface of the skin and what it is doing in that moment. So there's various different ways that we would collect cytology depending on preference of that doctor, the way that the lesion appears, the area on the body that that lesion is. So we can either collect that through a direct impression smear, which is the most common way I collect it, by simply pressing the glass slide onto the skin or getting under the crust and sampling that. We can take a Q-tip and do a swab of a certain area. We can actually stick tape to the surface of the skin and then read that. No matter how we do it, the ultimate goal is to take a sample of the surface of the skin stain it. So we have a specific stain most of us use called a diff quick, and that highlights certain areas of infectious organisms or inflammatory cells. And then we evaluate that under the microscope. And when we look under the microscope, we can look for various things like infection, bacteria and yeast being the main things we look for, the type of inflammation that's present. Are there autoimmune cells like we saw with Steeler? Are there cancerous cells that we didn't expect? So it's just a way to see what the surface of the skin is doing. And the nice thing is we get those results. Most of us read them in-house. So within 10 minutes, we can really have a better idea of what's going on with that skin. 
I think that's a beautiful description of just how easy it is for us to collect these samples. This is a non-invasive procedure that we're doing. And we're really essentially just touching the animal's skin using different tools. So whether it's a glass slide or a Q-tip or a piece of tape, it's not something that is going to cause any type of harm to the animal. It's not something invasive that they need to be sedated for. And we have results immediately. I mean, as soon as we can look under the microscope, we can help to sort of target what we want to do next with that pet. What are some of the other reasons why a veterinarian might recommend cytology to be performed on a pet with skin disease? Yeah, besides identifying those things like infection or autoimmune cells, we just know the skin changes all the time. The skin is ever-changing. So we need to assure things like infection that we identified a few weeks ago is actually responding to the therapy that we're using. Sometimes clinically the pet can look a lot better, but then we'll look under the microscope and actually find out that the organisms have changed or they're microscopically not better. And if we stop that therapy too early, that pet could regress and do poorly. So seeing if our infections actually responded can be really important. And I think just knowing that we're practicing the best medicine, we do not want to be stopping things like antibiotics too early because resistant infections are something that we are already dealing with in today's day and age. And it's just getting worse if we don't use things like antibiotics more appropriately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cytology definitely allows us to provide much more targeted treatment when we know what it is that we're actually treating. And I'm sure you've heard people say, oh, it smells really yeasty. Well, you know, those bacterial infections and even some of the autoimmune skin diseases that we see, they can have that same quote unquote yeasty smell that actual yeast infections have. So if we use only our noses and we don't look under the microscope to investigate what's happening, we may wind up treating for something like yeast when actually there's bacteria and vice versa. So the pet is going to start to feel so much better, much faster when we treat the condition, knowing exactly what it is that's going on. You talked about it being a snapshot, a moment in time of what's happening in the skin. What do you think pet owners should know about the need for repeating the cytology? If their veterinarian just did it at the last visit two or four weeks ago, why do they need to do cytology again? Yeah, it's a great question. And I completely understand where that would be concerned. Why do we need to keep repeating a test? Why do I have to keep paying for a test to be repeated? But again, the skin changes very quickly. And when we sample the skin, especially if a pet is diffusely affected with lesions, we're only sampling really a small portion of the skin. So if we have treated an infection, like a bacterial infection, we want to know that it is completely resolved, including underneath the microscope, and that we do not need to expand our antimicrobial therapy any further and that that pet's totally in remission. Sometimes we have pets who initially come in and there is a lot of secondary infection. When we see them back for their recheck, we check the cytology again. Maybe that infection is much better, but now other things are more obvious. An example of this would be a ringworm case. Sometimes if there's a ton of bacteria on the initial exam, that really can mask 
what we see on the rest of the slide. So if we treat that and then reevaluate if there's still lesions or just rechecking that infection, and we found that primary cause like a ringworm infection or like Steeler, that case I talked about before, sometimes those pemphigus cases are very infected when we first see them and we really do need to treat them with antibiotics first, but follow up so we can figure out that primary problem that is causing issues for that pet. So that's why you'll usually see dermatologists very diligent. If anything on the skin is abnormal or we're rechecking an infection, we want to do a cytology again because it's truly the way that guides us through our diagnostic and treatment for that pet. Absolutely. And with these pets that have skin conditions and ear infections, they do require a lot of long-term care. And so I talked to owners about it's important to come back for a recheck exam so that I can make sure that the infection is clearing. And then once the infection is cleared and I've been able to confirm that using my cytology, we'll talk about how to set up a maintenance plan to make sure that the infection doesn't come back. So it's important to do the repeat cytology so that you don't have the infections relapsing. So many different benefits to using cytology. It's a really crucial tool. So what are the big takeaway points that you'd like pet owners to remember about cytology? I really view cytology as the foundation of dermatology. It tells us so much, whether it truly is an allergic pet who's struggling with infection, say it's summer and an ear infection's caught up to us. I've had pets that, you know, in the past always had bacterial ear infections. And then all of a sudden they'll just have a yeast infection and we don't know why it changed. So it's always important for us to identify what type of infection is there, how much infection is there, because that can really tell us what we need to do with our treatment as well. But just like Steeler in the past, it also can completely change what diagnosis we're making. So that's why it's important to follow up. Yeah, it's just like Sherlock Holmes always needs his magnifying glass in order to be able to do his job. Us dermatologists need our cytology in order to be able to do our jobs as well. So I'm very, very thankful for you coming on the episode today to talk to our pet owners about cytology. And if they are interested in what it is we actually are looking at under the microscope, we will have some great pictures of cytology on the website, yourvetwantsyoutoknow.com so that they can go and see, oh, well, this is what bacteria looks like under the microscope. Oh, this is what a yeast infection looks like and how we use those different uh, microorganisms to help guide our treatment plan. And a lot of family veterinarians are comfortable performing cytology and managing pets with skin and ear disease, but there's also a link to find a veterinary dermatologist near you on yourvetwantsyoutoknow.com if you would like to consult with a specialist. Pet owners can also view the references for today's show in the show notes as well. If you have pets that have allergies or skin or ear conditions, I highly recommend joining the Facebook group Your Vet Wants You to Know to tell us about your experience with your pet. And if you have suggestions for upcoming episodes, you can comment in the group or contact me through the website. I encourage you to leave a review for the podcast if you found value from today's episode and subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes of Your Vet Wants You to Know. I like to end each episode with a segment that I call Scratching the Itch. 
It's a short segment that will highlight something, either a human interest story or a product or a website that either provides relief or just makes you feel good, hence scratching the itch. Dr. Bourgeois, do you have something that scratches the itch for you today? Yeah, when I was thinking about, you know, what could I follow up with as far as the importance of cytology and treating infection, I thought about how we do often ask our clients with allergic patients to bathe and to do a lot of topical therapy. So I have my own allergic puppy that I'm dealing with and having to bathe and train her uh, to enjoy bathing. And something that I have found helpful, and you can find it pretty readily, and there's other companies that also produce a similar product, but it's something called the Lick Lick Pad. And you can find it online. And essentially, it's very simple. It is just a product where you can stick something like peanut butter or canned food, and it has little ridges in it that really catch that food. And then you can stick the other side to the wall of a bathtub. We know some dogs and occasionally cats, if you have a cat that will allow bathing, um, Mm -hmm. do not really appreciate being in there, but we know how important it is. Finding a way to make it fun, to make it enjoyable can be really helpful. And I've had a lot of clients who have found the Lick Lick Pad to be something that makes that request of bathing not so daunting. So that's kind of my little tidbit of a product I find helpful in these allergic cases. That's excellent. I'm sure that will provide relief for many owners who have a hard time with bathing. I think that's a great tool that you can use. And we actually use that and the Aquapause slow treater in our clinic as well to help keep pets focused on one thing while we're maybe doing a physical exam with them. And so just something to make things more enjoyable for the pet and less stressful for the pet owner as well. So thank you very much. That's a very helpful scratching the itch. Yeah, no problem. I live and breathe it with my own allergic dog. So I thought it might be helpful. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I am very happy to have you provide your expertise for our pet owners. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an important topic and I understand how frustrating it can be for pet owners, but we promise cytology is definitely the best thing we can do for these cases. Excellent. Well, thank you all for listening. And I look forward to your next visit with your vet wants you to know.